This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Hallelujah. Well, let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I want to bring you a message tonight entitled Distracted, Distracted. If you could make sure I have your attention during this message. I'm playing. <laughs> so, I, I plan to bring you the message uh, on um, last week uh, uh, on the domino effect. Um, that was what I had planned to preach up until 2.30 today. I have to commend our graphics uh, guy, who today was Pastor Paul. Let's let him know how we appreciate him taking a last-minute change. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I had it all together. It was kind of great, and um, I actually told Christina earlier in the day, because I'd had several appointments, she said, you know, are, are you ready? And I said, yeah, I'm just bringing what I brought, was going to bring last week and didn't get to. And, and then about 2.30, this just went bubbling up in my heart. And so, all right, let's bow our heads and ask God to open the Word tonight. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this message uh, that has impacted my life. And now, Lord, I believe it's going to impact the lives of the people here. Uh, Father, um, teach us focus. Come on, pray that with me. Lord, teach us focus that we might become the people you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Luke chapter number 10, Luke chapter number 10 and verse number 38 is where we're going to begin. Luke chapter number 10 um, reads like this, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. I want you to notice, where, she, where, she, where was she sitting? At the Lord's feet. What was she doing? Listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted by the big dinner. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever been the one preparing the whole meal and the family's all in there waiting on you to get it done? Lord help them. Come on now. Amen. Was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you? <laughs> because in other words, she's saying it seems unfair to me that my sister just sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. Hmm. One was distracted and another had discovered. And it will not be taken away from her. Now, before I dive into the meat of this tonight, I, I want you to know I, I found something I think that illustrates what I want to talk to you about. I found something that, that, that illustrates how we have to really be careful to keep our attention where it belongs. 
how we have to focus very, very carefully, okay? And, and, and actually, I'm going to take you to, to Europe uh, in this uh, clip we're going to show you. We're going to take you to Europe, and, and so it's going to be in a, a different language, but uh, I want you to, to pay very close attention because what's happened, just to put it in perspective, they have trained these, these, these dogs to have an unbelievable sense of focus, okay? And you'll, you'll see on this video the focus these dogs have. Here's what I want you to notice about that dog um, was the distractions that caught its attention were all good things. There was food, toys. It was quite happy with the distractions it was finding. And sometimes when we talk about getting distracted, all we can think about is the bad things in our life that distract us. But sometimes that we see in the response of what Christ tells Mary, if we were to sum up how he says to her, you know, uh, he says, Martha, you're worried and upset over little details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered if we could really put that in, in, in modern day, just moment for us, uh, it, it could be Martha. When you get distracted by good things, you miss out on the best things. Are you with me? When you get distracted by, I've got a sermon here, but I already feel like it bubbling up. You know, you pray and you pray and you pray, God, I, I, I want this job and you get the job and then you're just totally enamored by the job and you lose focus on the God who gave you the job. God, I want this relationship, and, and, and you know, I, I just need to feel complete, and I want this relationship, and then before long, there, where, where's the God you asked for the relationship? You're so distracted, there's no focus moving you toward the goal of what is more important, and you're distracted not necessarily by bad things. We'll talk about some bad things in a moment, but you're distracted by good things, and we get busy busy with all kinds of things that support our lives, good things that, 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 are, that are moving us forward. And it can be anything from the way we get involved in certain activities and sports and, and all of these things. And before long, we've lost our focus on what matters most. I'm sorry, that was an amen moment, but that's okay. I'll keep moving forward. Let me just define for you what is best for you. Are you ready for this? What is the best side versus the good side? If you reach the best side, it means you have reached a place where you are living in such a way that you are the highest reflection of who God created you to be. You're not just trying to be happy because the good things can make you momentarily happy. But just trying to feel happiness is not healthiness. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there's a donut shop up the road. Some of you know the one I'm talking Rich is back there having a hissy fit right now. And this donut shop, for the first 30 minutes, I'm happy after I leave there. Then when my head starts spinning with the sugar rush, anybody know what I'm talking about? It's Cleveland Donuts. I have a good friend that passes by there almost every day and never bothered to stop and bring me anything. <laughs> they just felt convicted. 
No, the point I'm trying to make doesn't mean it's not a pleasurable thing, but it's not about the pleasure. It's about finding out how I can become the highest and best form of who God's created me to be. And just because something that comes into your life and you're headed somewhere for Jesus and you're headed on a journey for Christ and, and everything you've always wanted seems to be lining up and before long you're, you're, you're distracted by all of this. Does this make sense to anybody? Does the video minister you the way it ministered to me? Oh, 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 I know we're going there, but wait, wait, wait just a second. I got to go back. I can't let that happen. And we get lost. And I'm going to get somewhere deeply spiritual in just a moment. But but I want you to understand that you've got to really make a decision on where your focus is going to be. And Jesus begins to address that. You see, one of the ways we allow ourselves to become distracted is we spend too much time asking the wrong questions. Instead of asking the right question, what well, we are, okay, okay, what, what, what do we do? What do I do here? What do I do here? We have a focus. We have a place we're supposed to be. We know what God's word says we're supposed to do in the situation. And instead of doing what God's word says, we try to just find the good things that'll make us temporarily better and make the problem not as bad. But sometimes it, getting to where we're going to have to go means we're going to have to pass up on some good things to get to the better thing. And instead of just being satisfied with momentary disgratification, we have to make up the decision, I'm running the long race. I'm going for the long haul here. And I'm going to win in the end. Now, this is not in my notes, but I feel it in my spirit, so I'm going to say it. To win in the end is when you see somebody still standing after a decade. When you see somebody still standing after a defeat, when you see some, I, I, I don't know where this is coming, but you see somebody still standing after a divorce, when you see them still standing after their world fell out from under them, after a diagnosis, am I making sense? They kept their focus. And it's not just about the things that make them feel better along the way, but they set a focus ahead and they keep that focus and they keep moving forward. And sometimes it's good things that are trying to distract you and good things that move you from your cause. But you have to make up your mind, what do you want to accomplish to bring yourself into the place that you are the best and the highest form of who God created you to be? Now, let me just settle it for you. There is no one here nor listening that is at the best form that God created you to be. You might be better than you were. Can I get an amen? amen. But you're not at your best form yet. Now look, even Peter had work to do, but unless, I mean, he was a pretty high standard in an earthly sense. He walked by people in his shadow would heal people. We got any shadow healers in here? That's kind of a cool phrase. I've never used that one before, shadow healers. None of us have reached those levels yet. There's growth for us in the spirit. There's growth for us in faith. There's growth for us to move forward. And we can't, we get so distracted by the good things sometimes we forget to continue to grow. I want to just celebrate with somebody. They messed up and put something on their Facebook this morning. You ready? Tony. I saw your Facebook, and I'm going to deal with you about it in front of the whole church. She read her whole Bible from cover to cover. Now I'm going to deal with it again. Do it again. Keep going. I'm really celebrating with you. That's awesome. 
It is awesome. If you've never done that, you need to do it. If you're just getting started, though, start in John. You don't need to try to go through Leviticus in the beginning. <laughs> What's all this sore stuff, you know? <laughs> Scrape it with what? You know, <laughs> but to start out in John. Work your way forward. Read from there till the end. Stop at Revelation if you're afraid you're going to get scared. But, <laughs> and then come back around to Matthew. But I say that, I brought that up with Tony in this. She set a goal, and I'm sure there was distractions along the way. Now, as she goes through it again, there will be distractions, and it will start changing who she is. We talked about that Sunday. The Word changes you, but the, in order to become the best and highest form of who you are, you're going to have to get in the Word. You're going to have to let God change who you are. You're going to have to move forward. But most of us just want to move forward until we're at the next good thing. Is this truth? Okay. All right. So we ask, what do we do? We ask, what are we doing wrong? But the question that we should be asking is, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I trying to finish reading my Bible? Why am I trying to grow in Christ this year? Why am I wanting to have intimate moments of worship with God that the enemy wants to destroy? You ever tried to say, okay, I mean, maybe that's not the problem for you. For me, I can read the Bible every day, and it's like when I wake up in the morning, you know, I'm like Bible. My wife says breakfast, I say Bible. You give her her breakfast, she's happy. You give me my Bible, I'm happy. But if you withhold either one of either one of us, you better just leave us alone for the day. But in that same way, I have had to say, God, this year I want to worship, not at church. I want to get alone when nobody's around, and I want to have an intimate moment of worship. And I. I'm having to set my focus on that. Why am I doing that? Because that's what I was created to do. We were created to worship. So becoming the highest and best form of who I can be for God not only reads the Word, but it also takes time for worship. Now you're going, Pastor Don, I'm just trying to get in the Word part. you got to start where you are and get focused and stop allowing the distractions and start moving forward. Now there's some negative distractions that come. We're going to get there. Uh, Here's where we're headed. You see, but in order to figure out the why, uh, we have to figure out, does it further the call of God on my life? Does it further uh, my interaction to help my family move forward? Am I growing in Christ because I'm doing this? Why am I doing what I'm doing? We must become very intentional about our relationship with Christ. We cannot allow the distractions, even the good distractions, to stop us from growing. We're going to be intentional. Now, sometimes this is hard. I don't know if you've ever had an angry spurt with someone and said something like I've said. I'm going to love him if he kills me. No. Not God's plan. I remember as a, a father of young children, I'd be trying to pray and they'd be pulling each other's hair out. Anybody ever been there? Mama, did you raise your hand? No, I'm just kidding. They'd be trying to pull each other's hair out, and I'm on my knees going, God, I want to be a good dad. God, I want to love you. Help me to be the man. If you don't behave. (laughs) 
But there's an intentionality that said, if I'm going to have a prayer with young children, I'm going to get up earlier because I have to have the prayer. You see, the reason that... I started to poll you, but I think that'd be unfair. Let me just say it this way. The reason that most of us can't even remember our New Year's resolutions at this point is because we haven't been intentional about their their implementation in our life. Some of you are going, well, it's the same one every year. Well, that's not fair. But we make a list, we forget the list. You know, I've actually got some goals in my life, and the reason they're goals in my life is I took them and I wrote them down, and I keep going back saying, how am I doing reaching these goals? I have to keep those goals in my focus. And it's the same way with growing for Christ. If you want to do that, you've got to stop just waiting for me to give you a message that makes you feel better or feel goosebumps or the song to bring you in. You've got to make up your mind, if, even if it's the worst message you've ever heard me preach, you're still going to touch God or whoever is standing here. And if, even if the strings break off the guitars, God's going to show up. Because I'm not going to be dissuaded. I will touch heaven. I will know God. See, that's intentional. I'm going to be intentional about getting to know God better. Now, I'm not trying to set a standard here for you to live up to because God help us if you try to live up to my standard. And we'll never really reach the standard of Christ on our own. But you've got to begin somewhere. And you've got to make up your mind you're going to move forward. You see, we all have these great desires, but until we get intentional, that's all they are is desires. Without becoming intentional about growing in Christ, we easily become distracted. Mark chapter 4, verse 19 says it this way. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by worries of this life. I mean, you know, a little bit of worry can keep you from a whole lot of prayer. Have you ever knelt down to pray and realized you didn't pray, all you did was think through your problem? Hmm, there we go. Word's true. The lure of wealth. The desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. You see, we constantly have to fight distractions. I don't know how long I've been preaching, but most of you, almost everybody in this room, I lose your attention every 90 seconds to three minutes, somewhere in there. I lose your attention every 90 seconds to three minutes. I have to feel okay about that. Because every speaker loses people's attention every 90 seconds to three minutes for a moment because the average adult um, attention span is three minutes max. Three minutes. Now, y'all are not paying attention to me right now. <laughs> Just play it. It's three minutes. They feel like they got called down to the front row. Look at there. No. <laughs> Pastor. No, I'm just playing. Uh, um, but... We get distracted by life. We get distracted by struggles and problems. And, and here's what I want you to see. We all get distracted. Everybody. That's why I'm saying that all of us get distracted. But here's what I want you to see. We all have our favorite distractions. What are yours? I know what mine are. If I'm in a boring business meeting, I start playing words with friends. Some of you are like, he's at work. Let me interpret that for you. I'm sitting in a church board meeting of some kind for a denomination or somebody I'm, I'm, I'm counseling with and telling me, and I'm going, yep, 
move that dollar over there. And I get distracted that way. And it helps me process. That's one of my favorite distractions. If I've had a really, 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 really bad day, I go home, I put on my favorite comfy t-shirt. Anybody got a favorite comfy t-shirt? Yeah, I used to have a really, really nice one. I think my wife threw it away because it had holes all in it. Really, 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 really uh, liking um, last the last one uh, that we got for here. I'm trying to remember what it was, the last War Hill one that came out. That's becoming quickly my go-to comfort shirt when I need it. I put on my comfort shirt. I crawl up in front of the TV, and it just depends on how bad a day it's been. If it's a really, really, really bad day, I'm thinking really, really, really bad day, we're going to find Chuck Norris, and I'm going to watch him break something. Because <laughs> nobody messes with Chuck Norris, right? I, I'm going to find something that distracts me. I'm going to find something that I can get lost in. I don't want any girly movie for sure during that time. I want something... That is blow them up, shoot them up, because I want to be so ready for somebody to jump around the corner because I want to be focused, because it helps me. Now look, you don't have to get up here and confess your weaknesses in front of everybody. But here's what I want you to also understand. There are favorite sins that distract all of us as well. So what sin has become your favorite distraction? I mean, something that helps you temporarily leave reality behind. What sin makes you feel good for a moment? It's sort of like I was talking about the donuts earlier. I feel good while I'm eating them. I don't feel good when my blood sugar goes through the roof. What sin can help you feel better for a moment, and, and then before long, you're just ready for another moment and another moment and another moment because you're distracted from reality. I cannot believe I'm preaching a message on distraction and the screen's going crazy behind me. It's either the enemy or God making my point. God's good. Let me be clear about something, though, to you. Hard, I was coming to my hardest point of the night, and how do you do that after that? Let me be clear about this. Glory to God. God never distracts you from reality. He helps you face the truth and helps you overcome and conquer the obstacle. God doesn't give you a distraction. God gives you healing and deliverance. You see, distractions that keep you from dealing with the truth, I want you to get this, are distractions of darkness. They are distractions of darkness. So what do you do if you find yourself distracted by darkness? Well, it's really simple. You need to walk in the light. If you find darkness in your life, Darkness has to flee where the light is. So you need to walk in the light. 
If you are afraid of the dark, what do you do? You turn on the light. If your favorite distraction in sin that is darkness comes to you and begins to try to distract you, what do you do? Turn on the light. Get in the light. I know this is going to sound crazy, but what if every time you are distracted by darkness, you just cry out, Holy Ghost! You might get fired. But when darkness comes to you, and if your distraction is the lust of the flesh, and you, you start struggling with the lust of the flesh with your partner for the lust of the flesh, if the, that urge hits you, you start screaming, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. It's going to kill the moment. I'm telling you. Is it such a bad thing? Turn on the light. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Turn on the light. I'm going to give you a more serious approach to this in a moment, but I just had that go through my mind while I was standing up here. Turn on the light. Invite him in the darkness. Start quoting the scriptures to him. See how that works. Baby, if you love me, you would. There is no greater love than a man lay down his life for his brother. <laughs> Come on. Throw out the light. I'm sorry. If this is your first time here, I apologize. This is, this is more fun than the message I preach Sunday morning. So what do you do if you find yourself distracted by the darkness? 1 John 1, 7. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, I know it seems silly, but you, sometimes you've got to scream out to him and get him to invade your darkness. Then we have fellowship with each other. Notice this. If you're in the light, you have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus. His son cleanses us from all sin. All right, when we walk into the light, I want you to see what you have to do. You will frequently encounter Jesus. To walk into the light, you will make sure that you are making efforts to frequently encounter Jesus Christ. Where was Mary? Sitting at the Lord's feet. If you are dating the distraction of darkness, you need to find a way to sit at the feet of Jesus. How do you sit at the feet of Jesus? Our faith must surpass the spectator stage and move us into the participant stage. Here's three ways that you can sit at the feet of Jesus, all right? Is you can have times of worship. Get away from everybody else. Find a CD of worship, that a song that ministers to you. 
Because the one that speaks to you may not speak to me. And the one that does it for me may not speak to you. But I get away and I turn it on and I start worshiping. And as I start worshiping, I get at the feet of Jesus. And the darkness has to dissipate. And when you start invoking the presence of Christ, the presence of darkness, the Bible says, flees. You need times of worship. Not only do you need times of worship, but you need altar time. You need prayer. (laughs) Somebody said it's a real simple phrase, but at the altar is where your life gets altered. You need altar time. You need to get along with Jesus. And when you start praying about it, you better watch out. God will start doing something about it. You need altar time. Third, you need to participate in communion. The Lord's Supper. You need to take the Lord's Supper. There's nothing wrong with gathering by yourself getting those elements, and taking yourself through the process. It's a very simple process. I thank you for the blood that was shed for me. I thank you for the body that was broken for me. And now I receive that body, and I receive that blood, and I thank you for what you did for me, Jesus. You can gather your family to do that. You can do it by yourself. I'm telling you how to get at the feet of Jesus, how to get past the darkness, into his presence. Not only do you need to frequently encounter Jesus or experience Jesus, you need to frequently experience Scripture. You need to get in the Word. She was sitting at his feet doing what? Listening to what he taught. Listening to the Word of Christ. In order to bring the light into the darkness of your life, you need to listen to what he taught. You need to read the Word. And don't just read it like a race. Read it like an instruction booklet. Good question. I asked this yesterday. What verse have you lived out today? What verse from the Bible have you had to walk in today? All right? You go somewhere and somebody treats you bad in a business, and you sit there and you go, I'm the light of the world. (laughs) You know, I had to make a decision one time, be justified or introduce people to Christ. And you start quoting the Word. You, You have to read the Word so you can live by it. You need to meditate on the Word. Find a verse and memorize it. Study it. Get it inside who you are. So when the darkness starts coming, the light from within you, I will hide your Word in my heart that I might not sin against God. So when all that old darkness starts to distract you, you have a light place inside of you to run to. Am I making sense tonight? You need, to, you need to read the Word, you need to meditate upon the Word, and you need to hear the Word preached. 
And sometimes you need to preach it to yourself. You don't... <laughs> where we live today, you can almost always have access to some of the finest preaching in the world just right there on your, your phones. But there's some of the finest preaching you need to hear is you preaching it to yourself. You need to hear the preached word. Okay? And finally, the way you're going to, uh, from we see from the Scripture, the way that you're going to uh, grow and overcome the darkness and walk in the light is you need to faithfully engage in fellowship with believers. You need to get involved with people who believe like you believe. Okay? It's important. You are the, uh, the light of the world. Who is? You are. It's not talking about Christ. It's talking about you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, and you need to let your light shine. And here's the way you need to get in fellowship with. You need to find someone who is further along than you are. And you need to hang out with them. So just think about that for a moment. Who's further along than you are? Don't have to say their name, but who in your life is further along than you are? All right? You need to find someone who's further along with you are and interact with them regularly. Now, this next one may sound like I just took this one and twisted it, but it, it really is important. Then you need to find someone who is way further along than you are. Okay? Because the person who's just ahead of you can help you and be your friend, but then there's that person, you get around them, and they are like, they're, they've been serving God for 45, 50, 60 years. And you get around them, and I'm just going to tell you how I feel. I don't even feel like I'm saved around some of them. I'm like... I get around my pastor and I'm like, he's like, you know, I'm like standing here as a pastor. He's standing here preaching and he's like, who wants to find Jesus? And I'm like, why? Because he's further along by a long ways than where I am. You see, if, if, if everybody that you're hanging out with has an attainable relationship with Christ to you, that encourages you, but you need to hang out with somebody who inspires you. Somebody who's mature in Christ. Somebody that's weathered the storms. And you can say, that's how I want to be someday. One of our big givers gave a real big offering to missions, and one of our staff members, a young man at the time, he said, he said, man, God, I would love to be able to do that someday. You see, their faith level inspired his faith level. It blew my mind. Within just a matter of a few weeks, he had a life change. And I looked at him and said, did you really mean that prayer? Because God's answering it for you. God's answering it for you. You need someone like that in your life that you can be inspired by. And then finally, you need someone that you can inspire. Someone that's following you for Christ. And if you act poorly, you know they're going to follow. All right? Now, I'm not afraid of the dark anymore. But I have walked through some pretty dark, spooky places. <laughs> and I'm going to bring you, actually, let me just tell you a different story. I, I, I was on a trip, and I was with some people on a trip, 
and the natives of that trip all pulled out their terrorist activity while I was right there. Okay? And I had people with me. And these natives went all terrorist. Boom. There were machine guns, cell phone cameras. Somebody was going to get hurt. Okay? A bomb had just exploded. And they went all terrorist. And I'm the one responsible for those people right there. I wanted to get out of there with everything in me. And they were so afraid they wanted to hide in the rocks. And I looked at them just as calm as I could, and I said, you will get up, and you will start walking now. And they looked at me, and I said, if you don't, I will drag you. (laughs) But you are leaving now. And they looked at me and quickly scurried where they were supposed to be, and everybody was fine. All right? What do you think they would have done if I had said, I don't know what we're going to do. Move over. Let me behind the rock. (laughs) We would have all died. Probably not, but it would have been felt like it. But you know what? There are people in your life who are hiding behind the distractions of darkness And they need to see you say, you will walk and you will walk now. We're going to move or I'm going to drag you. Because we're going forward together. No longer distracted, but focused. Let me finish up and close with with this tonight. Most of the time, the greatest distractions in our lives don't cause us to lose sight of where we're headed. They just cause us to lose time on the journey. We still want to be a better person. We still want to serve Christ. We just get distracted, and before long, what we thought would be a moment turns into years. The best way to move forward is to keep moving forward. God, this year, I'm going to read my Bible through. Keep reading. Even when you've had setbacks, keep reading. This year, I'm going to have more moments of personal worship. Even when it's been a week, carve out a moment. Keep moving forward. And as we become focused, we too will find what Mary found, that becoming more like Christ, learning what He wants us to know, is the best thing of all.
That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. 